0: everybody welcome to this a very belated episode of the might as well get outdoors podcast uh yeah so i feel like i should start this out with uh an apology of sorts or at least an explanation i've just been really busy and really lazy lately um should have had a new podcast out like two months ago uh just the way this year has been um yeah i'm not gonna get into it much more than that but let's get into this episode so there's a few topics i want to cover today uh talking about the upcoming things in the 2021 season uh first thing i probably should get out of the way since today is the deadline i'm recording this on january 30th um but i think the news is already out there so it's not like i'm this is nothing that's gonna be out of the blue for everybody but arizona game and fish is talking about possibly banning the use of trail cameras here in arizona the deadline for public comment is today, so if I can get this out the door, um, maybe this can prompt somebody to do it, but from what I've been seeing on social media, this has gone through like a whirlwind. Uh, I mean, everybody, as far as I know, is aware of what's going on here. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. so like I said, today's the the, the deadline to get in for that. So, if you have anything to say, you may want to say it today. the The ban, as written right now, uh, it's an outright ban. Um, actually, it's not an outright ban. Excuse me. Uh, it's only a ban for the manner of take. Uh, so it, as written, as proposed, the use of trail cameras, as far as education, research, general photography uh those sorts of things where non you know take isn't happening like you're not actually going out and taking an animal from the ecosystem uh those are still going to be legal the problem i have with this um i know trail cameras are a very hot topic in arizona well before this ban um with folks on very it's it's a very polarizing issue in the state but uh my thing with it is regardless of what side you're really on, I don't see this as, as enforceable as written. Um, so, I mean, just from that point, I don't think it's worth talking about just because I don't think it's enforceable if, if as, as written. Um, I don't use cameras. I have used cameras in the past. I really enjoy using cameras. Uh, I haven't used any since moving to Arizona Partly because I don't want it to get stolen, you know they're kind of pricey. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to go into it personally as far you know past that as you know I've been thinking about this since day one and I still can't make up my mind. But yeah, so next thing that's coming up as far as deadlines go is February 9th. That's the second February or second Tuesday in February is the deadline for the Elk and Antelope draw for 2021. Uh, make sure you're you're in. Uh, make sure your credit card is up to date. Make sure you have everything good to go. Uh, yeah, and because with the drought, it's going to be interesting seeing how many folks put in. Uh, I've been listening to other podcasts, watching videos, and the general consensus that I'm kind of getting is that I think a lot of folks are just going to pass on Arizona this year. So I think as arizona residents we're gonna be putting in anyways um you know everything i've been looking at is mostly from a non-resident perspective you know guys like randy newberg and uh you know i think you're gonna pass because this is just a hard state to draw anyways so i think that's gonna up the odds for arizona hunters um yeah i mean i'm already in for elk uh doing a are going to try to do a muzzleloader hunt with uh, it's a group application with a bunch of friends fingers crossed we can get these tags and um, if so i'm really looking forward to this fall i think it's going to be a lot of fun with the smoke poles chasing elk around but uh yeah i still gonna do my application for antelope uh helping a couple of friends with their draw with their draw applications i'm um, still trying to figure out what we're gonna do there but yeah time is winding down like i said today is the 30th Uh, only have until the second Tuesday to get this done. So if you haven't yet, make sure you go. Um, I know a lot of guys have been having issues with their portals. So AZGFD sent out a notice back in December asking everybody to go in and log into their portals. This was via an email. Uh, go log into portals to set up a two-step verification. So pretty much what happens is you go in, you take care of this, and then every time you log in, however you have that two-step set up via either a, uh, an email or a text, as I do, that's automatically sent to my phone every time I try to log in, whether it's on my desktop or uh, on my phone, I can, you know, it puts it up automatically. I get the automatic text, two-step verification, and I'm in. Honestly, I have no idea why they went this way, but they did. Um, I've been hearing it's kind of gummy on the application process with the group app. Uh, I didn't physically have to go in. Uh, my buddy Pat did it for me, so I haven't seen it. But I hear it's a. It's. I don't want to go as far as saying it's a cluster, but I'd say you're probably better getting your draws in now uh because i think that the last day push because you know the system always crashes in the last day and i think it's yeah i think you might want to get it in now because um, we might be seeing a lot more crashes before that as folks are you know going that oh crap i gotta put in moment so yeah get it done get it taken care of get it out of the way make sure your credit cards are up to date and yeah so fingers crossed and hopefully everybody has good luck with the 2021 elk and antelope draw and uh, yeah, and then after the draw, we roll right into, actually right before the start, Um, well, the ham and general javelina seasons, we were, just ended uh, on the 21st was the last day of the archery javelina tag. Um, I was able to fill my tag uh, in a it took 20 minutes. Uh, it, well, it was 45 minutes, but that included me sitting at the truck and loading my pack because I didn't, I rolled out of bed late, Went up north, um, you know. I didn't. Ha- I just grabbed my pack and wadded my some stuff in my hands. Our pack was empty. Got up there, lowered the pack. Didn't even put hunting boots on. Threw all my chaps and and my cowboy and the stuff my cowboy boots on. Walked out to a place I've known there was pigs. Um, I've, I've hunted pigs in the past. Looked over and I have a, a nice pig about 30 yards away or 70 yards away. Excuse me. And just dropped the pack, left the chaps on, but dropped the pack, dropped my gloves, you know, knocked an arrow, and went in for the stock. Got to about 20, 25 from him, and he was really with really, it. I don't know if it's him or her, but uh, yeah, this pig goes out, he gets he's right out. So there's a thick, thick brush line, and the brush is on the right and it's kind of a clearing on the left and the pig was in the clearing when I first really saw him and then it doubled back into the brush and it just kept kind of you know serpentine and back and forth and um when I stopped I, I was at like 30 yards and it walked into like 25 doing the serpentine in the brush and I'm trying to figure out you know how am I gonna get this pig really thick brush I had brush you know trees in my way and like how am I gonna get this done? Well, as I'm standing there trying to figure it out, I got another pig walks out at 10 yards. Still, so much brush I can't even draw. I can't even put an arrow in there. So I'm watching these, still going. Oh smokes! How am I gonna get this done? Why not? You know, I can hear them. Their teeth popping and chuffing. You know, you know, as down in the brush and you know it's a, the pigs are there. They don't. I got the wind is right in my face. It's cold. It's windy. They're not leaving this wash bottom. And had a little bit of a lull in the wind, and I realized I could hear more chuffing, but it wasn't coming from these two. It was coming from my hard right, and I looked over, and here's another pig at 35 yards, and yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get to, yeah, long story short, I was able to get my pig done at 34 yards range, uh, perfect right behind the shoulder, uh, center punched him, pinwheel right into the brush, ran towards me, and he didn't didn't even know i was there and it was not young boy that one i know was a he um ran right towards me and i was able to expire left my phone back in my pack so i walked back and from the time i put my truck in part to the time i checked my phone it was exactly 45 minutes so i figure you know with the truck packing and loading and all that kind of stuff i was actually hunting about 20 minutes so kind of an anticlimactic part of or yet yeah, anticlimactic hunt for 2021 but it was nice to be able to get some meat in the ground uh loose an arrow loose not lose an arrow um yeah and just get some a little bit of meat back in the fridge or back in the freezer but uh yeah so going from that is kind of what i want to talk about in this episode as far as the main content not just this isn't a stay informed episode. I, I can, you know, I did some information. I'm, am kind of debating on getting rid of the stay informs because, with with COVID, everything's getting canceled left and right. Uh, just not a lot of content for me to share on that platform. So, uh, I think for the time being, maybe in the summertime, you know, maybe if things start rolling again. Uh, I can bring that back if there's a lot of stuff. So I'm not gumming up these kind of episodes. Um, because I would like to get back to doing these relatively routinely. Uh, especially now the hunting season is winding down and I'll actually have time to so that's that's half my problem is I get home, I load the truck and I'm gone. Um I just been hunting, hunting, hunting. Uh, I haven't even been posting social media that much. Um But uh yeah, I think that's gonna change here pretty soon and I'd like to definitely do more with that. But I'm getting sidetracked. So what I wanna talk about now is we have the upcoming javelina hunts coming up like yeah coming up uh this is the ham and general season tags uh ham of course meaning handgun archery muzzleloader uh meaning those are the, th- the three implements that are legal to use during this season um i've had a couple of ham tags it's arguably my favorite tag this year i do the the, the january archery tag I wanted kind of a change of pace. I'm really glad I do that tag, but I really, really love the ham seasons. Um, you know, everything else is pretty well over. My upland season is done. You know, I'm not having to choose. It's, I get to focus on pigs and I love hunting javelina. So I want to talk about pig hunting a little bit today. So for folks that might be new to it or, cause I mean, I'm still learning the ropes, um, but I've been hunting all my life. Uh, and one thing that's becoming more and more clear, you know, is when I moved to Arizona, it was, oh my God, this is a whole different set of hunting. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I feel like I'm one of I'm one of these adult onset hunters out here. But the more I do it, it's like, no, hunting is hunting. It uh, doesn't matter if you're hunting wild pigs, javelina, deer. Doesn't matter if it's a white, uh, an eastern white tail, a muley, or a coos. Yeah, they all got their own little quirks, but hunting is hunting, and my confidence is right back up. Um, had a little bit of success in the field, and it's just made me realize, yeah, but what I want to talk about is for the folks that are new, new to it or new to Javelina, um just kind of want to give some little tips and tricks that I've picked up uh, and what's worked for me. So first things first um with the ham seasons the ham tags i've had have been in the valley so cold weather hasn't been a huge issue i have had some cold mornings have done a couple of hunts you know 30 you know 25 to 35 in the mornings which is pretty cold and these pigs don't have an insulatory layer of hair they only have one layer and it's guard hairs it's they they look like a tall porcupine the the, these guard hairs are so rigid um like an african porcupine not so much you know like a quail pig here in the u.s but uh yeah so these guys they don't regulate heat real well so they'll get what they call piggy piles in the mornings or at night and that's how they'll sleep in kind of one big pile and and they'll survive off each other's uh um body heat so with that What they'll—I mean, this is—it is an effective system because these pigs live as far north as the Grand Canyon, and it gets pretty damn cold up there. I mean, I don't care who you are; it gets damn cold at the Grand Canyon, and these pigs are still able to survive up there. So, you know, they might not be able to live on their own up there, but there's—you know—there's safety in numbers, especially with javelina. So, what this means for the pig hunter is. When it's cold, and especially when it's windy, these pigs hate the wind. When it's windy, you gotta get in the washes. Um, yeah, it's nice being able to glass up on top, getting on the hill, checking the flats, and you will find pigs up there from time to time. But don't put all your eggs in that basket. Check the washes. Um, still hunting. If you know what I mean by still hunting, it's it's walking, but it's walking with a purpose in order to hunt. So it's kind of a less talked about skill in the outdoor world especially for the western hunter uh it's generally it's it's been perfected in the east and especially in the northeast where i cut my teeth on on hunting white tails and what it means is slowly walking uh but your eyes and your ears are ever vigilant um i mean your ears i hunt more with my ears than i do with my eyes when i'm in the brush because they're going to give away their position. Especially, in, you know, down here if there's no... Because if, if you get down the washes, you can get away from the wind. And that's going to st- help your hearing. So, what... And I, I said this word earlier, and I'm not sure if folks are going to know what I'm talking about. But I said the word chuffing. And that's just my term uh, for a sound, a little bit of a grunt that these javelina do. Um, oh, and also i was trained as a wildlife biologist so this always i I gotta get this out uh for folks at home some a lot of folks believe that javelina are are a rodent um or there's you know because they hear you know folks call them stink pigs but they go oh my god they're not pigs they're not pigs they're not pigs it's true and it's not true so with javelina they're in the family tassiasuidae uh which is basically new world pigs um, So javelina Belong family. a uh, well, The family is Tessia me, But they're commonly known as peccaries um, Of which there's three, possibly four Species uh, Mostly found in South America With the uh, uh, Collared peccary That's what we call a javelina Coming as far north as into the United States um, But they weren't even here like 100 years ago I mean they're a pretty new addition to the state. Um, just natural migration, immigration, what do you want to call it? Uh, you know, versus like a bucket bucket stocking, like you would see, like with Northern Pike up north in the northern part of the state. But uh, yeah, so it's Tassea Suede versus Suede, uh, which is old world pigs. That's what we call a pig pig. Doesn't matter if we're talking Russian boars or a bacon pig in somebody's field. Uh, so it's Suscrofa is. pig pig um versus javelina and i'm just going to double check it right here to make sure i'm using the right name but yeah tassias day with javelina belonging their specific epithet is why is this not popping up right now Yeah. Oh, because this is for... That's why. Because I'm looking at peccaries in general, not javelina. Like I was looking collared peccary. That's the one I was looking for. So their scientific name, their genus, they're in the family Teseosuidae, but their genus is peccari. And then uh, tahaku, or tajaku, is T-A-J-A-C-U. And that's kind of going to depend if you're trying to use it with a Spanish-southwestern pronunciation or a Latin pronunciation, of which I probably just butchered the snot out of it, but that's what they are. Um, The other two main species being the white-lipped and the uh, Chacoan peccaries of South America. Um, And there's a fourth, kind of, uh, it's been recently discovered, it's the giant peccary, but they're Kind of trying to figure out if it's just a chacoan peccary, cause, but it just like maybe just a bigger, maybe a subspecies of chacoan. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so back to haunting them. So these pigs make this chuffing sound, uh, and what that is, it just, and that's just you know that's how I call to them. It's that's not really what they, but. Um, They'll make this kind of grunting, blowing kind of sound. It's it's pretty unique. Uh, you'll hear that. You'll hear their teeth popping. You know, I'm not sure if that came through or not, but I was trying to pop my teeth. But it's just that jaw. Yeah, just kind of popping, smacking. Um, do that when they're, if you hear teeth popping, that usually means that they know you're there. Uh, and that's kind of like a distress sound warning you kind of sound it's kind of a multi like a multitude um kind of like the flag on a whitetail's butt you know because it lets you know that you're busted but lets other deer know that there's something going on you know so it's it's kind of an auditory version of that visual cue um just a you know different species thing but yeah you can hear them uh so yeah i like going down still haunting them these pigs they do not have good eyesight so you can get away with a lot when it comes to walking um definitely watch your footfalls um watch your brush because i mean they still have decent hearing where the key is though is in their nose so these guys have wicked olfactory senses all of the pigs do doesn't matter if it's old world or new world um I should to redefine that new world being here uh North America and South America versus old world pigs you know being Europe, Africa, Asia um but yeah they have wicked good senses of smell so make sure your wind is right. Uh I'm pretty anal about checking the wind. Uh I carry a wind checker in my bino my, um, harness. Uh, I got a marsupial gear, so it's got two pouches, one on the other side of the main bino pouch. Um, so I can carry, I, I usually carry a mouth call on one side if I, I want to you know try to make something a little bit different noise. Um, it's an elk call, but you know I can do turkey sounds with it. I can call coyotes with it. It's just a, kind of a really handy thing to have. But the other side, I carry a chalk-powdered uh wind checker so just something i can just reach it out you know i can grab it quick puff puff i can get to see which way the wind's blowing and i'm done uh i know back home we used to carry uh milkweed pods sorry the dog's making noise gotta close the door but uh used to carry milkweed pods those work the little fibers inside work really really well for uh checking the wind and when you're collecting them the pods are really fun to throw at each other but, uh, <laughs> uh, a little bit of a digress, but yeah, so make sure you're, ch- you're constantly checking the wind. Cause these guys are going to bust you. It's going to be nice in close. It's going to be up close and personal kind of hunting. Um, you're going to spot them at 60 yards and you're going to be trying to get into, depending on what weapon you've chosen. Um, I want to be inside of 30, uh, inside of 20, preferably, but, uh, just the way it goes. You know, if you're hunting with a muzzleloader, you can reach out a little bit further. If you have a single-shot pistol that's very accurate or a revolver that's very accurate, you know, you can reach out a little further. Um, but I know a lot of guys are going to be using uh, just their, like, a carry-style handgun, um, striker fire, uh, or guys would be bow hunting. I mean, I can reach out and touch him with a bow, but I don't see the fun in it. It's not with a javelina. Just because they are so easy to get in and close on. And you're going to have a lot of encounters. Uh, just a lot of fun to hunt. But there's no... It's, it's my favorite just because there's not a lot of pressure. You know, it doesn't have the... How do you know what word to use? It... I mean, they don't have the regalia of an elk. Um, they don't have the everybody hunts a mentality of deer you know everybody knows deer hunting these guys are just kind of like a little off to the side uh they are edible they are i think they're very good to eat i do enjoy javelina folks are probably just cringing their noses at at that but uh i do like eating javelina but uh stink pig skunk pig whatever you want to call them but uh yeah so they're just a lot of fun um if you're hunting like bigger country, you can glass for them. I've had a lot of success glassing, especially if it's, if it's a if it's been kind of cool. Um, you got a nice bright sunny day, not a lot of wind. You can get up on a hill, and they'll be feeding on the hillsides. Um, it's mostly if you're hunting like up in the hills, like if you're hunting units like twenty four, either the twenty fours or I don't know. I'm picking, I'm just trying to pick units out of my on my head. Nineteen um, A, 21, 22... You know, where you got some hill cover, uh, that's going to be more of a glassing game up there, um, but the still hunting can be very good as well, uh, just getting down in those big, big washes, because, I mean, when I'm saying a big wash, like, I like washes that I can't shoot across with a bow, that's the size of a wash I'm looking for, I'm looking for a drainage, pretty much, just flat, uh... And looking, you know, as far as sign goes, you know, I'm looking for tracks. I'm looking for scat. I'm looking for uh, bedding areas. Because, like, I mentioned those piggy piles that they'll get under. Well, they'll get under those, but usually underneath brush. So, you'll look and there'll be this big, it'll look like a cow been laying there. Just just because the dirt is just all torn up, flat. You know, it's it's been used. But there's no cows in the area. But it's covered in pig pack piggy tracks it's because they had a piggy pile there and the, no and, and you know and i can hear somebody say well, what about the pigs on the outside well they're constantly moving around and um swapping out positions so you know nobody gets too cold at night nobody freezes to death at night because of the piggy pile but uh yeah so these pigs that get in these pig piles um they're not a super early hunt either uh, another reason why i like them is you know it's I mean, I, <laughs> like I said, I rolled out of bed late, drove an hour, and was on pigs. Um, partly because I knew where they were going to be. It was a cold, windy. Uh, when I say cold, it was, I think, 30, 35 with the wind chill, I want to say. Uh, wind was blowing like 20 miles an hour out of the north. It was just. Yeah, I mean, that's why I was wearing my... I mean, I had chaps on. I mean, I never wear them unless I'm, you know, hunting uh, quail. But, uh, yeah, I had them on just to cut the wind, left my cowboy boots on. Which, that's starting to be a new thing. I know I'm bouncing all over the place, but this is just listening to me talk. I'm, I'm, this is, you're getting an insight into how Jess Warner talks. But, uh, that's starting to be my new favorite thing, is hunting in cowboy boots. Uh, This past year, or last year... Uh, my friend Jess, we had, uh, she had a cow elk tag, one of the late archery tags. And up in, uh, I'm not even going to say the unit, but she had one of the late archery tags. <laughs> could not get into a cow to save our lives. Um, we were using the horses. Uh, we're Pretty much turned into a lot of fun just riding some some new trails, uh, new to us trails up in, up in the hills. And, uh, last night of my hunt or my portion of the hunt. Uh, I was just there, you know, helping out. And she you know what? Let's, let's drop into this gully and we'll see if we can get something to to come out. Um So we dro- got off the horses. Uh the horse I usually ride, Mr. Grand. He's a little dead-sighted. He's get he's coming around, but I've you've got to wear spurs to get him to react well for you. So I had my spurs on, and then they don't fit over my hunting boots, so I had them wear my cowboys. So we drop in, I'm, uh, yeah, I can hear the rowels jingling the whole time. You know, I don't have uh, jingle bobs, but, you know, I can still hear the rowel every time I take a step. like, oh, crap. Uh, long story short, we get down to the bottom, uh, didn't see any elk. I just made a couple of Hail Mary calls, and sure enough, here comes two bulls, two raghorns, uh on a string spotted them just spotted them first and they were at all of 600 700 yards and just kept talking to them you know we don't have a cow tag but let's just talk to them i mean we're not going to knock an arrow or anything like that let's just i want to practice so get these these belt coming in they came in on a string uh had one bull pop his head at 25 yards um come over the ridge uh just never saw him. She was trying to video the other elk who never did come in. Uh he started yo-yoing on us at like 50 yards. I could hear him crashing down in the down in the uh manzanitas but just he, he would not top out. I think he got her wind. We were we were on kind of a rise and the wind was coming off my right. So the one that did show up came in from the right. So, you know, he was you know, we he was in a good wind position. Um but I think when it came around, it dropped into this little spur on the left side of the gully, uh, or right side of the gully, but left side of us. And I think it was just swirling, and that other bull was getting little whiffs here and there. But he wanted to come to that cow. He could hear. Um, I mean, it was November. He shouldn't have been that horny, but apparently he was. But uh, yeah, I'm. But I, what I'm trying to get at is that my cowboys, my Ariots are definitely turning into good luck hunting boots it kind of and yeah, they're comfortable um area if you're listening to this please sponsor me somebody sponsor me <laughs> but uh yeah so what else we got for javelina tips um yeah just just have fun is the basis of it um you know you can use pretty much whatever tactic you want with javelina. uh Another thing I love doing with them, and I don't blind call, but I do love calling Javelina, especially if we've got bumped pigs. They got our wind. They got they somehow saw somebody or they heard us or whatever. But they blew out. Um, there's a guy down in Tucson. Uh, it's like Arizona Extreme or. I think it's a guy named Rick Forrest um I saw him on social media but anyways uh that's this company they make and sell javelina calls and, you know and they're right they're in Tucson so you or yeah they're right in Tucson so you know local outfit um but a lot of local bow shops uh buy them I got mine down at archery headquarters in Chandler you can get them with a poly barrel or with a uh wooden barrel I like wood um just from my time. As a waterfowler back east, uh, I'm not a huge fan of polycarb calls. They buzz too much. Um, I've never used one with javelina, but just going with that mindset, I went with wood. But anyways, when you get these calls, they sound like really deep, like, I was, I'm kind of, if you, if you guys ever heard a jackrabbit in distress call, um, for using, for hunting predators, you know, it's, it's a lot deeper than like a rabbit squall, uh, Hoveling are even deeper it's an even deeper call it's much raspier but it's very similar to a jackrabbit in distress and you just pour the emotion into I mean just my call was out in my truck or else I'd start playing with it in here but you just lay right into it running your hand around just getting all that sound out there and them pigs first time I ever did it was success Um, we blew these pigs out of a hole in, in, uh, in one of the northern units and they saw us, um, you know, skylined. We we got skylined and they blew out and got down below, got back into the brush, ran that call, could see how the lead pig was 200, 250 yards up the hill, stopped on a dime, about turned inside out. He turned around so fast, come running right back in, and we had him at 15 yards. Uh, we had like 10 pigs at 15 to 25 yards um just couldn't get a shot. I wasn't the shooter, I didn't have the tag, but uh the person that did had a handgun and just couldn't make it happen. Just uh the pig that was 15 yards was pig 15 from me, the closest pig to him I think was like 25 or th- yeah, like 25 or 30 I think. Um just never got a shot. Uh but it that just really proved how good or how effective a calling can be. But I, I I say that with the stipulation, I said it once before, but I will, I need to say it again, is I do not blind call. That means, blind calling means you don't see the pigs, you're just calling. Um. Uh, You know, guys blind call with success for elk, they blind call with success for turkeys, but those aren't distress calls. This is a distress, this is saying you know a red a, meaning a, a, a red is a nickname for a baby javelina, a very young one um a, a red or a young pig got hit or got caught by a bobcat or a coyote or a lion or something like that and these pigs will, I mean they live in these family groups so they'll come blowing right back in to try to run off whatever you know caught that red and so that's what you're basing it out of but you know if they were feeding peaceably and you start blaring, you're letting them know that somebody else is, you know, they might think that you're in a different sound, uh, squadron. Um, squadron being a, a group of javelinas. Uh, and they're going to say, well, screws, you know, sucks to be that pig. You know, me and mine, we're out of here. So I, using that, I don't like blind calling for pigs. I haven't had luck with it. I've heard of guys having luck with it. I just personally don't do it. Um, I would rather. Uh, either still hunt or glass them, uh, glass and then spot and stalk, um, depending on what unit I'm in. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, they're just going to say it again. These, these are a lot of fun. These hovelinas, they're, they're a small target, but they're so unique. Um, and there's, they're just such a unique hunt to the Southwest, um, like i said i come from the northeast uh it's deer hunting you know it's deer turkey um a little bit of bear hunting and that's it that's that's our variety you know apart from the small game you know so having these options down here i love the opportunity that arizona provides to having all these different species that we can go after um so yeah so i got that uh I guess now that i probably drowned you all asleep after talking about Javelina, uh, me doing all my ramblings. Uh, what do we got looking forward to for the rest of the year as far as 21, 2021 as a whole is concerned? Well, uh, got some bear hunts coming up, got some turkey hunts coming up. Uh, I was able to draw a 6A spring turkey tag, so I'll be up there pretty soon. Um, hopefully once all this snow is gone, uh, I'll be up there scouting around trying to find some toms, uh, trying to get my second Miriams. Uh, I'm already halfway to my slam. Um, I got an Easter and I got a Miriam's. I would love a Rio Grande and Osceola. Uh, maybe in the future that'll happen. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to this turkey tag. Uh, hopefully it's not going to be quite as difficult as my first uh, Miriam's tag up in Unit 7. That one was... I've never had to hunt so hard for a turkey in my freaking life. But uh, yeah, so I'm really hoping that's going to paying out pretty well at the same time uh in march i'm gonna be up in somewhere I, mean, I haven't picked a unit yet but i'm gonna be trying for one of the general otc bear tags a uh, bear hunt i already got my bear tag i got my lion tag um i just always buy a lion tag uh but yeah um so i'll be up there looking for bear um one of my other good buddies down here uh i don't want i don't know if he wants me to say his name so i'm gonna withhold for now but uh uh i got a buddy he was able to draw a early or a the rut hunt pretty much the archery rut hunt the one that goes from uh late april into july you know which is when the bears are rutting um he's got that tag so i'm gonna go up there try to help him out and see if we can't glass up some bears um you know try to get down in some deep dark nasty country and just see what we can find. But, uh, yeah, apart from that, um, again, I just want to remind everybody that uh, make sure they hit the deadlines for the elk and adult draw. Again, that's February 9th. So make sure you're in for that. Uh, the reason I got to think about that is because in June, we're going to have the deer draws. Remember, you got the deer, you got the what was it deer, fall bear, fall bison, sheep. Fall Turkey. Um, yeah, they're all in June. Uh, so I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to see if anybody has any interest. But uh, through talking with listeners and buddies of mine, they keep forgetting the draw dates. Uh, so one, that's what, I'm trying, that's what I'm trying to do this podcast. Two, would it be something people would be interested in if I was to throw together a reminder newsletter? not a spam you every day, every week, every month newsletter. Just once a hate draws are coming out, hate draws are coming out. Um, you know, make sure your credit cards do are up to date, you know, make it just, just get keeping everybody up to date on the draws and maybe any, any kind of news or whatever that's coming around the state. But, uh, yeah. So with that, I will get out of your guys's ears for now. And, uh, Thank you guys for listening. Um, if you haven't already, please subscribe. Uh, really like to get this this platform up and going. Um, I know I've been pretty lazy, but I needed. I really want to get this get this out, and uh, yeah, and just bring you guys as much Arizona, Arizona centric outdoor news and information that I can. Um, you know this. We're not sponsored. We're not anything. It's just me and whomever I can get to come on and, and play with us uh, just trying to get everybody out there. Because that's the whole basis behind might as well get outdoors. Is Yeah, you might as well get out there. But again, with that, I'd like to thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.